Welcome to episode 175. Today we're talking about the three deficiencies that are stopping our churches from having a comeback in 2021. How to overcome them, plus a big announcement. That's today on The Reclaim Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 175 of The Reclaimed Leader, Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I am Jason Tucker, and today, no Jesse Skiffington. Man, it was a crazy week for us. We had to do some switching around. We had a a guest that was planned, and we had to move some things around, and then life just kind of got in the way, the day that we were supposed to record. And I spent the entire day at the car dealership getting a used minivan for my wife. And nothing really excites uh, a spouse like getting a minivan. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the old one gave up the ghost, and you know how it is in those places, man. It's like all day. It was a grind. They killed us. We ended up buying all the extra stuff, you know, the the warranty and all that. I think they just wear you out so that at the end you just can't make another decision. Now, I should do a podcast episode on that sometime. But anyway, there are some things I wanted to share this week uh, here as I'm recording, and also to let you know about this really big announcement we have. We didn't want to let this go and not get a chance to announce it. But the topic for today, and this will be a little shorter episode since it's just me, but the topic for today is what is stopping your church's comeback in 2021? I know that for a lot of churches, not only has it been difficult in ministry, it's been difficult financially, it's been, um, it's been a stressor on staff, on all the plans that you had, all the vision that you might have had going forward into this year, and people are feeling really isolated and disconnected and tired and maybe don't even know what to do next. And I was thinking about this because I've been spending a lot of energy and time and prayer just thinking about what does it look like for our church to come back here this year? And it's not that we fully went away or we stopped doing ministry or that things aren't going good. They actually are going very well, all things considered. But you know what I mean. What would a comeback look like where people are engaged again in the life of ministry in a in a big way, in a way where they're all pulling in the same direction, in a way where it seems like you're moving the needle again on what God has asked you as a local church to do. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the things that were getting in the way of a comeback. And I thought of three deficiencies that our church has faced. And I'm wondering if you've faced the same thing. The first deficiency is just an energy deficiency. You know, where's the passion? Where is the sense of urgency? I know for a lot of folks, and even for our staff here, we're just so dialed into what has to happen week after week, then we're not really thinking about the big picture in the same kind of way. Because it just feels like it takes everything to drag yourself across the finish line once Sunday comes. But energy is a big thing that's going to help all of our churches move forward. Because energy creates momentum. It 
thrives off of urgency. It feels like you are doing something together. That's why I always encourage churches, if you want to develop some some energy in your congregation, just do something new together. It really doesn't matter what. There are some big things, there are some little things, but just picking a thing and saying, this is going to be our thing that we're going to work on over this next period of time can really help you move forward. Who was it? Max Dupree, who said, a leader's job is to define reality. But also, a leader's job is to create a sense of urgency. We've talked about that before. Our job is to educate our congregation and to help them understand why it matters right now to do XYZ, to take this initiative head on, or to make this ministry move in order to reach people with the gospel. So again, if you're looking, how do I get some momentum going? Because really it's about momentum. Because once momentum gets started, it, it just sort of snowballs in a good way. It helps other things happen. So here's what I would recommend. This is what I'm doing right now. And I'd encourage you to think about doing the same for your church. Here's how you can get some quick momentum. Find one quick win. It could be a small thing. In fact, I recommend that it's a small thing, so you don't bite off more than you could chew at once. you got a lot of other things going on. Pick something that maybe you've done before. I'll give you an example. So every year we do Easter hams, and we prepare also bags with all the side dishes in it, and we have folks go out shopping and do that. We decided this year we're going to make a bigger thing out of it, and we're going to challenge people to double what we did last year during the pandemic and talk about the great need that's out there, but really spend some time focusing on it and to come up with a new benchmark and have everybody rally around it and then really build the congregation story around it for a few weeks. What do I mean? Well, it becomes the spotlight thing that we talk about for the rest of this Lent as we get forward to Easter, you know, toward the day that we have to have everything all together. And what happens is that starts to generate some buy-in and some excitement, and then you build stories around it. You talk about the need. And so so we have some plans with some of our ministry partners in the area to talk about the need that people are facing right now. And you've probably seen this all over the news. We have too. About so many people who've never received help with food before have been relying on it because of their work situation, because of their income situation or their rent situation. And then once we hit that, to make sure that we celebrate it, and then, and this is really important, once you celebrate the win, whatever you've accomplished, ask, what is next? What can we do next? That was great. This is awesome. Let's celebrate it. Now, how can this help us continue to move forward to be the hands and feet of Jesus? You see, this kind of thing can snowball quickly, and that's what we're hoping this spring, is that we really want to cultivate momentum of generosity in helping our people. Because, you know, people are just weary. You know, in the beginning when churches were buying lunches for frontline workers and, you know, buying pizzas to deliver to the hospitals, you know, that just didn't happen in the second wave. And people are really tired. A lot of the passion and energy that was around offering help has dissipated the longer this thing has gone on. So, How do we create some energy? You pick a small thing, you rally around it, you put some energy into it, you celebrate it, and then you ask, okay, what can we do next? You string two of those together before summer, 
and you got yourself some momentum. You'll be amazed at how people's perception of what's going on in the life of the church will change based on just a couple of quick wins. So how do you fight the energy deficiency? You create a sense of urgency and start finding some momentum with something you can rally everyone around quickly. Okay, so maybe that helps you in that help you um, overcome that deficiency so you can start thinking about what a comeback might look like for you and your church this year. The second deficiency that seems to be stopping our comeback that we have to address is risk. Maybe you've heard it said, now's not the time to spend money on X. In fact, Pandemic or not, I feel like most churches, that's their default. Now's not the time to spend money. We, we've got a million dollars in the endowment, but you know we're saving it for a rainy day. And You just want to look around and be like, dude, it's raining. It's, have you seen the church in our culture? Have, have you read the news? It is raining. We need to invest what we have uh, in making ministry happen. Now is the time. You know, now's not the time to spend money on the fog machine, you know. <laughs> okay, maybe not. But but maybe it is. Maybe now's exactly the time to invest in those things that are a bit of a risk. Or the new camera, or the new lighting system, or the new online platform, whatever it is for you. It's really trying to combat this idea that we need to conserve what we have at all costs. Cuz we know that that gets us nowhere. Actually, it moves us backwards most of the time. So again, just like the first thing about energy, think about how can, in whatever we're choosing to rally around, how can we develop a risk about it to do something in a way that we haven't done before? Uh, You know, again, we know it in our Presbyterian heritage. We know that it's a big part of even just our constitution about risk and trust. We know it from scripture that risk builds faith. And the spiritual growth of your congregation is going to be directly related to how much they're willing to risk for the sake of the gospel. And I don't mean, you know, like bet on black and put your whole church property on the line, you know, but how can you do something that is a little bit of a risk and challenge people to step into that risk? I think what we need right now is that kind of communal faith challenge together because we are so internally focused right now everybody's focused on their needs and how are our loved ones going to get the shot and what do we have to do to make things happen for us to take care of me and mine and we do care about the church but we do care about our own households first and you know what when it comes down to it if I feel like we need family time then we're not going to go to church on Sunday and it's not like you want to beat people up for that because you totally get it you totally get why and in fact that might be a healthy thing from time to time but I don't know. The way I've I've seen it playing out doesn't feel all that healthy to be that focused internally. So how do you fix that? You start focusing on what we can do together. Pick one, again, pick one brand new thing your church will do for Easter. Maybe that's a place to start. Even if it's a small risk, it moves things forward just a little. And don't underestimate the power of risking, of doing something new, even if it feels really small. It could lead to big things. I want to share a story with you of something that happened with me back in my youth ministry days. So uh, back in the late 90s, I was a youth pastor outside of Philadelphia in a town called Ambler. 
and it was great. I loved my time in youth ministry there. I spent eight years there um, in that role, and th- that was those were just some of the best eight years of my life. It really was fantastic, and it just grew me in so many ways. And I learned so much. And I uh, and then I was off to seminary after that. It was really wonderful. But when I started, we had twelve kids total, um, middle school and high school together. Twelve kids. And it didn't feel like a lot at the time, but we decided our first year to go to something called Creation Music Festival. Many of you, if you're on the East Coast, you've heard of that. Some of you on the West Coast have too. They have Creation West. And at the time, Creation was, I think, as big as as it ever was. You know, that was a time in Christian music that was just different, right? Had a lot of different kinds of bands that were out, a lot of big names. And we decided to take those 12 kids to that festival. And we did, you know, and so we camped out for four or five days, whatever it was, I don't remember, it was kind of all a blur, and listened to music, and it was interesting because it introduced our youth group to Christian music, and they kind of fell in love with it. So the next year we went to Creation, and we added a mission trip, and at the mission trip, what did they do? They sang these worship songs that really got under the kids' skin. So then what we did was we started every once in a while, of course, relegated to Youth Sunday, we would play some of those songs that got under their skin. And what's wild is the parents of those kids really invested in that whole new way of experiencing worship. Eventually, that helped lead to launching a brand new worship service at that church, which continues to this day, to over 20 years later. And you could trace that whole development to those 12 kids who went on that Creation Music Festival trip. God did something with that trip that I never would have guessed. Maybe he's going to do something you'll never guess with it, whatever risky thing that might be for you. It was a risk for us to play uh, the kids' music in the worship service. It was a risk. We didn't know if people were going to like it. And yeah, I mean, back then, it just wasn't what anyone did at that church. So it felt a little bit like, it felt like a huge risk. So you never know what God's going to do with the risk that you take. But I think that's part of the solution to a church comeback this year is what risk are we going to take as a congregation? And again, I don't think it has to be huge, but it has to be a risk. It can't just be totally safe. It has to feel a little bit risky. And then to bring everybody on and say, hey, hey, We're going to try this. Why? Because we're trying to reach people. We're trying to reach our own kids or whoever we're trying to reach. And we're trying to reach our communities who have all holed up in their own houses and don't ever leave. So think about overcoming the risk deficiency by doing something new. And then the third thing is, I've definitely noticed this about many churches, especially some of the churches that I consult with. But even if I'm honest, my own church at times is that often there are, there are good ideas, but there's a plan deficiency. It's like, I want six-pack abs this year. <laughs> okay, that's not going to get it done. Like, I need a strategy, a predetermined strategy for how I'm going to do that. We're doing a sermon series now called Louder, Hearing God's Voice Through Life's Noise. And I'm just going through the spiritual disciplines as a way of of helping people understand that if you add these disciplines to your toolkit, 
you can help dial into God's voice and, and it'll cut through the noise of your life because life's noisy. But you got to figure out a predetermined strategy. I said, it's like trying to meet somebody in a crowded place before cell phones. You had to have a plan. You, know, you just can roll in there and like, oh, I hope I'll find them. There's only 14,000 people here. No, I, I could now with my phone, but it would still be a challenge. Here, but the point is the same, is that when it comes to our relationship with God, we need a predetermined strategy of how we're going to meet up. And that's where the spiritual disciplines come in. And so... I think it's true, too, with whatever hopes and goals and visions and creative energy we have about what we hope is going to happen in the church, we have to have a plan. We have to know when if we're going in the right direction. We need some benchmarks. We need some, some uh, check-ins along the way to see that we are still going where we hope we're going. So how do you do that? Well, get your leadership together. And plan out between now and Memorial Day, what are three things we can work on that will help us move forward as a church? Three things, that's it. Between now and Memorial Day, I mean, that's a few months. And you might say, well, the first thing is I want to make sure that our Easter services are dialed in for online worship. I want to make sure that's as engaging as it can be. And you know what? Maybe we want to have an invitation as part of that. Okay, well, how are we going to follow up with people who respond to an invitation? What's that going to look like? How are we going to... Give them opportunities beyond Easter morning, right? So there's a whole category that you could focus on and think about, what are we going to do? What are we going to do different? What do we think is going to be more effective? The answer, I'm sure you're going to have to buy the fog machine. (laughs) Okay, well, you get what I'm saying. But maybe you want to pick three things and build a team. It could be a small team, but build a team around those three things. One is, say, say, Sunday morning, Easter uh, a second thing is, oh, we want to have some sort of a fellowship opportunity. We think that'll be important. And then the third thing will be, we want to have a fun activity that the church is going to do for our families or for our seniors or whoever, whatever group that you want to do it with and say, those are the three things we want to do. Let's get a few, let's make it known. Let's get some leadership around those three things and let people work on them. And what happens is you start to develop a plan, you start to get some progress. It's no longer a dream or just a vision. It's a plan. It's something that's going to get done. It's something that's going to have a goal and an end date and and, and a path to follow. Because that's the thing where most churches struggle, right? we, We struggle to create good paths for things. We we usually get a lot of good ideas. There's enough people between pastors and lay people who really come up with some wonderful ideas. We just have a really hard time putting those ideas into action because we don't plan very well. So that's something we need to do. If you need to rally the engineers in your congregation together to help you make a plan or the people who are versed in the language of spreadsheet, do it. Or if you're like, hey, we got plenty of those. We need some vision. All right, find some creatives. Find some people who can help you develop some plans. But I think if you can overcome those three deficiencies that we all have as churches, a energy deficiency, risk deficiency, and plan deficiency, I think you have a shot of having a comeback this year. And it may take less than you think it will in order to accomplish it. Again, that's really the magic of finding things to work together. This is true in any relationship, right? I mean, it's true in marriages. Find something. If you're struggling, find something that you can work on together. Find a goal. Find a purpose. Find something that you could do that develops your sense of we and not just me. 
And this is especially true in the life of the church. So I hope this helps you think about what are some things that we can do as a congregation. And okay, so here's the exciting announcement part is we, if you want some help actually doing this, we have developed an event and a plan that we're going to invite all churches to participate in on April 19th through 21st. It's our very first Reclaim Leader Conference. It's called the Church Comeback Conference 2021, April 19th through 21st. But here's how it's different. So it is a conference. It's going to be all online this year, although we're already thinking about in-person for next year. But it's going to be online this year, um, and it's going to have some great content. We've got some top voices in revitalization. We're going to have Todd Bolsinger, author of Canoeing the Mountains. We're going to have Tara Beth Leach, who is the author of Radiate or uh, Radiant Church. We're going to have Dr. Bob Weitzel, who's a friend of the podcast, a church consultant, prolific author. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Tom Cheney, who is the founder of the Renovate Conference. We have a whole bunch of really wonderful guests. So you're going to get great content. But more than that, we also don't want it to be like it is when you go to most conferences, where it's like, I was inspired, I was entertained, I got took some great notes, and those notes sat in a notebook on my shelf for at least a year. We That's just a waste of time. So we wanted to create a conference that was also part workshop. So the idea is, by the end of the three days together, your team will have at least outlined your three-step revitalization plan at the end. Now, this plan is built around uh, best practices in church consulting. And what you're going to do is you're going to do the conference, and with your team, there's going to be workshop time built in, as well as opportunities to interact with consultants as you go. So it's it's both. It's a workshop conference. It's a workference, or I don't know. I got to think of something really cool to say, but I haven't thought about that yet. Anyway, if you want more information on this, which I hope you do, visit us online, ccc21.online. CCC, Church Comeback Conference, ccc21.online. And check us out. We hope you'll join us. If you have any questions, just email myself or Jesse, Jason at reclaimleader.com or Jesse at reclaimleader.com. So, man, I hope, I hope you take advantage of this because, listen, revitalization is hard. Ministry is hard. It's so much better when we do it together. All right. Hey, thanks everyone for joining me in this episode. We'll be back next week with Jesse and I believe we'll have a guest with us as well. So it won't just be me. Thanks so much for tuning in and may God bless you until we meet next time. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.